Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, it's uh, you know Thanksgiving week. It um, is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy tech. to believe it's here. It is hard to believe it's here. We're we're the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I guess if you're listening, listening this, to this. Be, be afterwards. So happy happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. belated Thanksgiving. That's right. And uh, yeah, I mean, been a lot going on this week. You know, aside from the sports thing that we normally talk about, yeah. you know, the AI thing. Oh um, yeah, that open AI. Oh, that Sam was Altman a fascinating being, story. Wasn't that fascinating <laughs> the past week? How quickly. You know, the whole tech world was rocked by this guy being yeah. fired, the CEO. And uh, and then, you know, there was mutiny with the employees. Right. And, and just about all the employees threatened to quit. And so they, they rehired him and fired, yeah, I saw fired the board instead. Today, yeah, they rehired him. And it's it just, it's funny how you go, you know, they, they go into this thinking they have a smart plan and then it just backfired on them completely. It did. It did. <laughs> it's been an interesting story. You know, and I'm not really in the... AI world very much. Sure, sure. Um, you know, Josh is my yeah. son. He's, it's, uh, it, but it's interesting how much they were talking about that on the news. It was like it, it turned the entire tech world upside down. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's... Uh, well, then he had, he had these other companies saying, we'll hire, if you leave, we'll hire you, same same oh, deal yeah, and everything. Yeah, Microsoft immediately. Yeah. You know, so they yeah. hire him and all the employees. Yeah, so, so it's just, obviously a very competitive space right well, now. Yeah. And, so uh, that was the big yeah. news this week. Yep. Um, yeah, along with the markets, markets have been good. Uh, it's been a good month. Good, you know, yes, two weeks, I guess. Great recovery this this past few weeks yeah. um, from the last three months. Um, so, you know, a lot of exciting stuff going on in the world and, um, and so in the markets. And then um, we got an exciting show lined up for the day. Um, you know, we're going to start off here talking about, uh, I guess, yours first, the six yeah. financial things to be thankful for. Yeah, uh, here. it's a great, you know, Thanksgiving, a great year. way to reflect on what you're thankful for. So we talked about some finance things that you can be thankful for, even, you know, in a year where it was kind of, uh, you didn't really know what was going to happen with interest rates, with inflation and stuff like that. So I think looking back and being thankful for certain things. So, yeah. And then, and then we're going to pivot and talk about whether or not to pay off your mortgage. You know, we get this question a lot about, you know, I have this mm -hmm. chunk of money, maybe I got an inheritance or something like that. And the question is, do I put it against my mortgage or do I invest that money? And we get that question a lot. It's a, it's a little more complicated answer than yes. meets the eye. So it we're going to dig into that a little bit. And, Especially and, as, as, as rates have increased. Right. It was an easier question yeah. A few years ago. It's a little right. bit more challenging now, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So uh, so that'll be an interesting topic. Um, by the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Investor Pro with over 28 years experience in financial planning and investment advice. And I'm Zach Albanese. I'm also a certified financial planner and been in the industry for four years now. And we're excited to have you listening to us on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday morning. Um, and check us out on our website. Um, you can get us at moneymd.net. Um, where you can link there to the show, or you can uh, get us off our main website, um, investrya.com. And you can listen to us anywhere in the world. We're on iTunes. Um, you know, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find mm -hmm. MoneyMD. So do check us out. All of our old podcasts are on the website as well. So you can, you know, look at those by topic. Um, we covered everything you could possibly imagine on this show. <laughs> 
over yeah. the past 10 years financially related. So, uh, And if there's something you want us to cover, let us know. We'd love to talk about what you're looking forward to hearing about. Yeah, send us your questions, yeah. too. So uh, you can link to us there on the website and get those to us, and we will um, talk about those right here on the show. Well, uh, Zach, we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. All right. And that's, uh, well, I thought you were going to read it. <laughs> you got it. So the S&P 500 is still down about 4.9% um, from the high back in January of 2022, despite the recent recovery. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, this bear market is stretching on. It's approaching two years two now. Two years, yeah. And uh, the NASDAQ's also down about 3% from yeah. its high still. So, you know, despite a good recovery here in the past few few weeks, um, yeah, we're still off the high from almost two years ago. Right. Yeah, it can. I mean, it has it has been a long time too, because I think what is the average bear market is ten to eleven months. Right. And so this right. is almost double that. Yeah, I think and, people are getting tired yeah. of not seeing new highs in their portfolio, and uh, I think it's coming. I think we're getting close here. Yeah. We're obviously getting close, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time. It has been so. a long time. Interesting yeah. fact there. Yes. All right. And that leads us up here to our first topic, the six financial things we should be thankful for in 2023. That's right. That's right. And this was from M1 Finance. Uh, it was kind of a blog post they wrote, and I tweaked it a little bit to talk about these things. So, you know, 2023 has proven to be kind of a fiscally volatile year for many. You've got rising costs, higher interest rates, and really this ever-looming discussion about a recession that hasn't really happened, but it still right. is in there. It's almost like people want it to happen, but um, you know, people are kind of waiting on their toes for doomsday. But but despite these struggles, the numbers have kind of told us a different story. And so, you know, right. there's several things we can be thankful for as the holiday season approaches. So here's uh, six finance things to be thankful for in 2023. 2023. And the first one is not really a finance thing. It, it kind of is, but it fits the the holiday well and that turkey prices are falling. See, there you go. See, that's go. one thing to be it. thankful for. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the food, delicious food, food prices in general. Food prices, right? You know the the I guess according to American Farm Bureau Federation, the average price for an eight to sixteen pound turkey in August in August of this year was a dollar twenty seven, which was thirty percent wow. cheaper than Thanksgiving season last year. Um, last year there was that bird flu outbreak that inflated prices a bit, but. That's one thing to be thankful for. The turkey you're buying for dinner is cheaper this year than last year. I, I have to say, I love turkey. I do too. It I don't know why like there's hate of, for turkey sometimes. Yeah, it's I, one of I my enjoy favorite meats. I, oh, yeah. I really love turkey, and it's very healthy for yeah, you. It's so lean. Yeah, a lot cheaper than beef too. That's so, right. So that's a good one. Hey, I like turkey it. Turkey prices falling. There you go. Good one. Good one. Yeah, and you know, interest rates are higher too, right? Um, so it finally saves to to it finally pays off to save some money. Yeah. Um, we all know that savings is a smart thing to do, but you know, for the last twenty years or so, it really hasn't paid off very well yeah. in terms of interest rates. But things have now changed. I mean, between two thousand and nine and two thousand twenty-one, the Fed funds rate was near zero um, mm -hmm. for twelve years. Yeah, um, you know, it just really hasn't gotten up very high at all. And so, incentivizing investors to put money um, in in fixed income really wasn't there. It was right. instead put it in real estate or equities. Mm -hmm. Well, now the Fed funds rate has been rising. Investors can take their low risk cash investments like Treasuries, money market, and then get a decent yield yeah. on. They get almost five percent on it. Um, right. So that's really attractive and something to really be thankful for. In fact, Warren Buffett, uh, Brookshire Hathaway's 
um, you know, CEO, mm-hmm. um, is currently holding on to the largest cash position uh, ever with 157 wow. billion in cash. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of cash. Yeah, and the majority of that's parked in short-term. Right. Treasury I mean, why not with five percent paying over five percent? Yeah. So you know. So that's something to really be um, thankful for. You know, it's not a bad return um, on your fixed income investments. So certainly that that can be part of your portfolio um, and probably should be for most people and uh, is certainly something to be thankful for. That's right. Yeah. Another thing to be thankful for is inflation is showing positive slowdown. So over the last two years, inflation has grown at a rate since not seen really since the late 1980s, but now it appears to be cooling off. So the most recent CPI um, report, Consumer Price Index report released just last week, or I guess, yeah, two week or two ago. Two weeks. Maybe. Yeah, two weeks ago, indicates that inflation is now at 3.2%. Um, and so categories that hit consumers hardest things like food, we just talked about Turkey and electricity have slowed to 2.1 and 2.4% respectively. And so this positive news of inflation slowing, it really has helped this month. Steve, you mentioned the stocks have really had a good month. After that report, really since then, stocks have done really well. Um, you know, Most of the indices had its best day since almost all year. And right. so you know, I think looking at inflation, being thankful, it's, it's slowing its growth. Um, but, you know, I know the battle's not over. The Fed wants it lower than this, but it's at least a good, it's trending in the right direction. And so I think hoping that um, that continues and, and hoping we see this this nuisance of inflation behind us. So, yeah, it's a big change from two years ago. So <clears throat> that's uh, certainly something to be thankful mm-hmm. for. Inflation is was was very painful um, a year and a half ago. Yes. Um, yeah. So also, you know, the contribution limits have increased on retirement plans. Yeah. Yeah, the IRS released their new contribution limits for um, 2024, and it gives investors the opportunity to put more money to work. You know, the annual contribution maximums are periodically raised, but, you know, no increase was issued for 2019 through 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But we can rejoice in 2024. We continue to see that uh, increase yeah, go up. Yeah, put more so money away. Potential, you put like thirty thousand. Well, you're going to go. Over yeah, the, I'll go over numbers. The numbers, but yeah. but yeah, it's something to be excited about. You can put more money in. So remember that come January, you need to increase your contributions to max those plans out. That's right. That's right. Yeah, four hundred one k's for those under fifty. Next year, it's going to go up to twenty three thousand from twenty two thousand five hundred. And if you're over 50, it's going to go up to 30,500 from 30,000. Um, for your traditional or Roth IRA, it's going to be 7,000 if you're under 50, which is up from 6,500. And if you're over 50, it's going to be 8,000, which was up from 7,500 from this year. So another thing to note is if you haven't topped off your accounts yet for this year, you still have some time to decide. Um, you have until you know tax time, April 15th. Uh, in 2024 to meet your 2023 contribution maximums. But, so that's good news. It's a good thing to be thankful for. You can add more money to your plans next year, and that will help you in uh, reaching your retirement goals. Yeah, that's great. Well, good. You definitely want to do that. And yes. uh, another thing to be thankful for, Zach, is that unemployment remains low. I mean, job openings remain elevated. Mm-hmm. So you can get a job, you know, and you can get you get raises in your current job because, you know, demand is still there for That's right. employees. Yeah. One of the saving grace of the economy certainly has been the consistently low unemployment rate. And since January of 2022, um, the unemployment rate has remained below 4%. 
and reaching as low as three, 4.3% or 3.4% in April of mm-hmm. this year, but it's now 3.9%, which still remains on par with the pre-pandemic yeah. levels. Um, so the economy is really strong. I mean, jobs are plentiful with non-farm openings, roughly nine and a half million. This is down from 12 million in March a year ago, but um, still higher than the pre-pandemic levels. Right. Um, you know, however, these openings are, are remain heavily weighted in several industries like education, travel, um, while areas like construction uh, continue to face some labor surpluses, according to the uh, Chamber of Commerce. But uh, yeah, the economy's strong. So certainly something to, to be thankful for. That's right. Yeah. And the last thing to be thankful for the sixth point is that markets are up. I know that it, it feels like a... Um, kind of tumultuous and there's lots of talk in the news of these doomsday scenarios but the market has recovered not fully this year right but right. but it is up this year markets have been resilient and um you know the S&P for instance is as you mentioned it's still down i think you meant 5% or so 4.9% yeah, 4.9 yeah. <clears throat> but still has recovered a lot and so we've seen portfolios come back from being down a lot and so i think going into the to december uh, statistically, the fourth quarter has been the best for you know major index like the S and P. Uh, a quarter four has averaged four percent um, since 1957, um, and so looking at history and hoping that December is good. Obviously, past um, you know uh, past performance isn't an indicator of future results, but it's looking at almost 100 years of data and saying, hey, quarter right. four has been good. We can hope December is good, and we can look forward to 2024 thinking we'll recover out of this. So market's up this year. That's the thing to be thankful for and to enjoy going into December and hoping we have another good month next month. Yeah, we're we're within striking distance of new highs. We are. We really um, are. Yeah, it could could definitely happen before the end of the year. Yeah. So that's, yeah, six things, six finest things to be thankful for. Like it. I like it. Great topic. Okay. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. And that is, should I take Social Security early or wait? Um, how do you decide? Yeah, that's yeah. a good. We we get the question a lot. We do, and it seems like there's so many different scenarios. Everybody's so, a little bit different. Everyone is different. A lot of factors, but things to think about, though. You know, when you're looking at this question, would be one: Are you married? You know, and does mm-hmm. your spouse have a higher Social Security benefit than you? Yep. You know, if the spouse has a higher benefit. Then financially speaking, if you both live to life expectancy, then you should take the lower benefit early and the larger benefit late. Yeah. Because the smaller benefit is only going to go for one life expectancy, while the higher benefit is going to go for two life expectancies. The survivor gets the higher of the two benefits. Yeah. You know, whenever one passes away. So so that's one factor to consider. But the other is, you know, do you need the money? Um, sure. Because, I mean, obviously money's worth more today than it is in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, particularly in retirement, whenever you're healthy and you first retire, those first 10 years, usually when you want to knock out your bucket list and really mm-hmm. get some things done. And, um, you know, so that money's worth more early in retirement. So you have to consider that. Do you need the money? Another big factor. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest. If you need it, it's there for you. You don't right. need to delay just to get more. Usually right. that ends up crippling you um, if you don't have any other income source. I would say, you know, when you retire, take it. Obviously, bring it up, ask questions, but... Um, 
Yeah, look at it. I mean, it yeah. does go up seven and a half, eight percent per year um, that you delay, and uh, it could be a nice boost later in retirement if you have fixed pensions that don't get that's uh, right cost of living yeah. increase. It's nice to have Social Security kick in a few years later, mm -hmm. give you a nice raise in yeah. retirement to keep up with inflation. So there's a lot of factors. Give us a call if you want some help. Yeah, they it really do does that. depend on your situation. Yeah, because I know a lot of folks, they'll retire, but maybe do something part-time. They don't need the income, and they can delay it further uh, and get that boost, that 7.5% boost. So yeah, it's a, it's a good question to ask when you sit down with us. Absolutely. All right. And that leads up to our next topic, and that is, do you pay your mortgage off early? Or do you invest? Um, hmm. And yeah, Zach, this is an article from Smart Asset very recently. And uh, you know, it always sounds like a simple question, whether you pay off your mortgage, if you have a chunk of money available to do that. You know, but the truth is, it's a little more complicated question than meets the eye. Um, we get this question all the time. And of course, we love the idea of paying off your mortgage early and always lean toward that. But you know, it's um, whether you should pay it off or invest depends partly on um, what you what you hope to gain by choosing one over the other yeah. and all the factors involved. And it, and it could be that you simply want to choose the option that leaves you better off financially. You know, that would make it a little simpler if it's just sure. a financial question. You know, but you also may want to consider other risk, um, like um, the effect on your budget and your liquidity. Sure. Um, the pure, purely non-financial factors as well, like sleeping better at night. That's important. Yeah, knowing your house is paid off free and clear. Yeah. Um, these are all important factors. So here, here's some, some ways to think through this very common question. Yeah, you know, many people like to, to frame the decision of whether they should pay it off. Um, as a simple trade-off between the interest rate on their mortgage and the return they could earn if they invest that money. I think that's the, the simplest way to look at it. And so the idea is that if they can earn a higher rate of return um, than what they would pay in interest, then they're better off financially. And I think for most people, you know, that that's certainly true. And as a baseline, that really seems like a logical approach. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that That as kind of a baseline. Mm -hmm. But another element of that decision is the risk associated with the investments, you know? For example, sure. um, yeah, suppose the money instead is invested in a stock investment portfolio. Um, you know, even in a well-diversified portfolio, you know, there will be fluctuations in the portfolio's value. And that same element of risk isn't present when you pay down the balance um, of a fixed interest rate on your mortgage. Um, you know, that's because you know the amount that you're going to save. It's a fixed interest rate. So in this instance, you're comparing a higher risk investment to a guaranteed savings and yep. mortgage interest. Um, yeah, and it's okay to, to make that direct comparison as long as you can afford the risk and the time horizon associated with the investment portfolio. Yeah, and then, you know, there's also the question of liquidity. You know, your home is an illiquid asset. And once you put all your available money into the home, you know, it can be difficult to get your money back if you need it. Whereas most investment portfolios are liquid and available if you need the money for an emergency or you know, another priority comes up. So you need to consider if you're if you can afford to tie up the remaining balance of your mortgage in your home for a long period of time, or whether you need that liquidity of keeping the balance out of the home and invested. And so I think the question of um, you know, will I need access to that money at a certain point later? And maybe yeah. you don't maybe don't tie it up in your home, but that's a good question to ask. Yeah, that's important. Liquidity is important consideration. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so the question evolves, and you really 
do need to compare the interest rate, though, on yeah. your mortgage to the rate of return that you could reasonably expect to earn <clears throat> on a portfolio of investments. And so that comparison, you know, needs to be at a risk level that you're comfortable with in a time horizon, you know, so you should consider how long you'll be in your home and mm -hmm. how long you can keep the investment portfolio invested without needing the money. I mean, if you think you're going to need the money back in a few years, then it probably shouldn't be applied to your mortgage. Right. And it should be invested in a more liquid, you know, low, low risk investment if you're really going to need the money back. Yeah. Um, so that'd be a, a vote for not paying off your mortgage. Um, but, you know, so, but as an example, though, if you can't afford to invest the money, um, let's look at a simple example of that. Let's say you bought a home um, and when interest rates were pretty low and your mortgage is only 3%. And, you know, compared to history, 3% is a remarkably low oh, yeah. interest yeah. rate. Yeah. So it would be easy to make a mathematically supported argument for not paying that mortgage down any sooner uh, than you have to. You know, if you take a one-year CD at 4%, that's a fixed rate. Um, so you won't have any volatility and you're already beating a 3% mortgage rate. So you're yep. 1% to the good by mm -hmm. not paying it off early. Um, of course, you know, you could even get more like 5% or more in a simple money market account today without any, any risk. Um, that's probably safe to say that CDs and money market rates won't fall below 3% in the next year or two. Um, but that's not true, you know, looking way out in the future. They could fall. Um, but with a stock portfolio, um, we could potentially get a lot more return. Um, but then we also bring in the question of risk and time horizon. So still, from a mathematical comparison, you probably shouldn't pay off a 3% mortgage unless you plan to let the cash just sit in some low-yielding bank yeah, account. Right. But why would you do that yeah. in this environment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, just to be sure to account for the tax implications, because that's important. You right. know, there are, you do pay taxes. So there is that factor. That CD interest you do earn is taxable. You know, you may also be getting a tax deduction for the interest you're paying on your mortgage. So that makes the tax consequence of uh, a wash for not paying off the mortgage. However, you know, most people nowadays with the standard deduction so high are, are, are not, um, or they're taking that standard deduction so they don't get that deduction on the interest. And so you really need to compare an after-tax return to the mortgage rate to be totally fair. So maybe you really do need to make a 4% pre-tax return on an investment to equal a 3% mortgage interest payment. But that's still very easy to do at today's um, right. money market rates. Yeah, yeah, but taxes are a consideration. They are, so yeah. that's, that's a good point. And you may not you know, want to base your decision purely on mathematical comparison. It, it makes sense to consider your preferences and your emotions. I mean, especially as you get close to retirement, you know, many people, they get a lot of satisfaction from paying off their mortgage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing that they own their home free and clear is certainly an appealing aspect of this. And while you can't, you know, put an exact dollar value on the, that satisfaction, you can approximate it actually. Um, how, I mean, well, you simply ask yourself if you'd rather have the amount of additional return that you would have by investing your money um, for the remainder of your mortgage term or whether you'd really have the house paid off. And so we can kind of quantify that. And so we're going to go through an example here, how we'll quantify that. You know, for instance, if you have $100,000 left on your mortgage at 3% with 10 years left to go, then you're making a payment of principal and interest of $965 a month. That's your payment. 
And, you know, we assume that you have $100,000 cash, right? That um, maybe you inherited it or maybe mm. you saved it. However, you have $100,000 cash that you could apply to that mortgage or you could invest it in, say, for example, a 6% return um, instead of paying off that mortgage. Sure. Then that's essentially like earn an extra 3% on your declining mortgage balance mm. for the 10 years that you would, would be paying down your mortgage. Um, and I know there's a lot of numbers here, so the comparison gets a little bit complicated, but here's how it works. So bear with me. Um, you know, you pay the mortgage and you invest the payment of $965 per month instead. Okay. That's 6% for 10 years. And at the end of the, the 10 years, you would have $158,000 roughly. Okay. Assuming no taxes. Yeah. Okay. Or you take the $100,000 that you would have put down to pay off the mortgage and you invest that at 6% return and continue paying the 3% mortgage for the 10 years till that's gone. At the end of that, that 10 years, you'd have 179,000 from investing hmm. your 100,000 yeah. at 6%. Okay. So, um, and then you just pay off the mortgage naturally. So in that example, you end up with $21,000 more by investing your 100,000 at 6% instead of paying off the 3% wow. mortgage. Yeah. So that's it. So the question becomes, is the peace of mind of having your mortgage paid off worth more than the extra $21,000 you'd potentially have by investing your $100,000 instead of paying off the mortgage? Simply put, is your peace of mind worth $21,000 over 10 years? Yeah, I think that's a good way to frame it. There you go. Yeah. Quantifies it. That's right. And you know, for some people... That satisfaction and the relief it brings is really worth that much. I mean, it can be worth that much to you. Uh, they would choose a, a paid house, a paid-off house over saving the large sum of money. But for others, it simply isn't worth as much, and they might choose to keep the mortgage and invest the cash, like you were explaining, Steve. And so, um, you know, even even if the extra gains were only half the difference in our example, they see that mathematical benefit, and they're like, "Hey, I yeah. want to do, I want to do what's mathematically best." Other folks, they want to do. What helps them sleep at night, as you mentioned earlier. So right. I think depend determining who you are and where you kind of where your weaknesses will help you decide this question. Yeah, that's right. And as people enter retirement, no longer have, you know, paychecks coming in, they tend to shift their preference in favor of having the mortgage paid off. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly understandable. That makes and, sense. Yeah. Not having a mortgage payment in retirement, you know, it increases your flexibility of your budget. It lowers the risk in your to your finances. Um, we know we would certainly recommend you aim to have your mortgage paid off by retirement, uh, but that can be done by just paying extra to your principal each right. month. Yep. Yeah. So the bottom line is, I mean, just start off with the mathematical comparison, but from then from there, consider how much weight you would give to the other factors like the peace of mind, having your liquidity, and then finally base your decision on the totality of your situation. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with either choice, but doing the math, considering all these factors will help you kind of clarify that choice yeah. and make the decision a lot easier. Um, so if you need help with that comparison, you know, certainly give the money doctors a call. We'd be happy to help you walk through that, yeah. that comparison. Absolutely. And, uh, help you figure that out. So, all right, good topic. And that leads us up here to our final thing. And that is the prescription of the week. So Zach, for this week, 
the prescription is watch out for scams this holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're getting more sophisticated. They really are. <laughs> yeah, they're even using AI now. Um, you know, we have reports of, of, of the grandparent scam using a real spooked voice of the grandson. That. That's crazy. Um, you know, also the phishing scam gets a lot more sophisticated with AI now with scammers being able to mine more of your data. Sure. And so they know, you know, they have data about what real credit cards you might have and what services you oh, subscribe yeah. to. Um, you know, what if there's if there's a recent transaction that you might be contemplating, AI has the ability for them to kind of uh you know, ferret that out and use that in the scam mm-hmm. to make it seem more real. So uh, be vigilant, you know, and don't just um, don't just link on, click on any link that comes in your emails. Um, don't answer calls from numbers you don't recognize. You know, always kind of log into the real website for your services. Yeah. Check out any emails that way, um, but don't don't just respond to those phishing emails or answering phone calls. Yeah that come that sound even if they sound legit yeah one like you just mentioned one of the best tips i have is if if you're if something's suspicious just yeah log in the way you normally log in or call their main number don't don't click on a link that calls don't do that just go the the long route but that way you know it's secure that way you know it's legitimate um be vigilant they're getting getting a lot more sophisticated and this ai stuff uh makes it a little easier for them. oh yeah that's right All right, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. You can send us your questions to that, or you can uh, give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your week. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. Program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.